Hello, everybody. This is Jill Renee Feeler, and welcome to today's podcast. I am so glad that you're here. It's really my honor to share a completely, well, I hope <laughs> to some people, people, it's not completely new, but uh, I hear from a lot of you that it's a very unique perspective. I take my role very seriously to uh, not be a researched sort of spiritual teacher or messenger or collaborator of light in this reality. I really am. Um, it's important to me that I'm offering it straight from my connection to source energy. The connection that I have is uh, unique. It's not through study. Uh, it's not through years in a cave. Um, it's not uh, based on lineage or DNA connection or bloodline. It's based on the way I wired myself for this incarnation, and I um, am delighted to. Uh, anyway, I like I like my job. <laughs> okay, and I love to be alongside fellow collaborators of light, like I view all of you guys. <sighs> okay, <laughs> okay, here we go. So let's get started. I do encourage you. Let's sort of uh, alter our consciousness a bit so that we can hear a message like this. <sighs> okay, just take a couple nice deep breaths. You may want to close your eyes. And you may want to imagine that your awareness is like a pole in the center of a, you could look at it as a ball or a sphere of energy, okay? And your pole of energy is kind of like the inside of a donut. So it's a really tall donut. <laughs> the, the donut has to be at least as tall as you are in your physical body, okay? Very good. Okay. Okay, so we're just getting that energy flowing from uh, right below your heart center flowing up through the crown chakra and around your sphere. And then that energy is coming up from at the bottom of your column up. And now we've got another field of the energy actually going the opposite way. Okay, so it's going from just below your heart down, down through your feet, up around into the crown and into your heart. And as that energy is flowing all on its own, the only thing we did there was make your human awareness <laughs> bring it to it, okay? Um, let's imagine that there's that your field is crowded. Let's imagine that in the in the ball of energy that you are, that there's a lot of noise and chatter. Could be coming from you, it could be coming from others, um, it could be um, it could just be other people that have sort of uh, disrespected <laughs> your space relative to their space. <sighs> I love that. So Goddess Isis just said, let's give you back your one by clearing all of that out. And just, it's almost like escorting a guest out of your house. It's time to go. <laughs> the house is mine now. Okay, just letting them be out there so that you can be your you hopefully it feels quieter now in your field, possibly more peaceful. <laughs> For some of you, it may feel too quiet, un uh, uncomfortably quiet. That's okay. It's okay to be uncomfortable a little bit. Very good. All right. Nice. Okay. <laughs> so now with those energy flows that we had going before, we're just going to add some golden light to that. Oh, a consciousness of light within the light of your soul, your higher self that is eternally 
amazing, glorious, sacred, purely divine. That's what we're doing here. Helping you as your human consciousness feel the eternal, unbreakable bond between you and your eternal self. Very good. Okay. <sighs> okay, very nicely done. All right. So from here, well done, everybody. Let's have a little chat. Okay. And I don't know what we're doing today <laughs> as human chill. I, I have some ideas, but I really don't know where we're going to go. And this system works best for me. I'm very type A. And if I do too much planning, my, my left hemisphere of my brain will get will get too involved in it by, by my experience. And I think better things come when I, when I just trust. And I go into that space of divine consciousness that, that some people know actually from like psychedelic experiences or some sort of like uh, soul retrieval or what do they call that? Um, what's that journey that, or uh, I can't think of it. There's like a, um, a native people sort of, oh God, I can't think of the name. It doesn't matter. It's okay. <laughs> Any sort of like, wow, that state of consciousness was crazy good. And I want to feel like that all the time. Well, guess what, friends? You don't need any plant medicines to get there. How about that? Okay, very good. Vision Quest. Thank you, Carolina. I was <laughs> Vision Quest. Thank you, sister. That's what the word I was, that's the term I was thinking of. Let's have our own Vision Quest right here. Okay. The reason that we keep calling this group a bunch of rebels <laughs> is because your pursuit of truth, of liberation, of freedom, of light within, of goodness, of greatness is very unique in your time. It's not it's not that the rest of the the humans on the planet with you are conspiring for bad, necessarily. But they're certainly not as uh, judicious and passionate about the light within them and the light within all that that is very unique to this group. And that's one of the reasons why we love these experiences with you. We love to support this very unique experience that you've pre-wired, pre-coordinated for yourself, that you did that as your higher self. So you, you had an intention as you incarnated into your world and into your timeline, which is by various, uh, by various markers, a dark age. And yet here you are such your passion for enlightenment is is beyond the norm. And it's spectacular. And it's hard. Uh, some of us know a bit about that, about how hard it is to be an enlightened being amidst a sea of, of lack of enlightenment of unconsciousness, or we want to use the term disconsciousness. <sighs> okay.
So we have this amazing opportunity to share with you today, and we're coming off the heels of a very um, uh, highly uh, charged discussion that we had with you last week on the afterlife and um, what that means for your, your current journey. And we too are debating with Jill about whether to do an extension of last week based on some of the follow-up questions we had or whether we just stay in the kind of broader field of, of wholeness and enlightenment in this reality. Let's just take a moment here and just be, just be each in our own fields as we consider and decide, all of us together. <sighs> this is taking long. It's making Jill uncomfortable that we're taking so long, and <laughs> we kind of like that. <laughs> One of the questions that stands out for us that was asked after last week's call is this notion of, because we talked about the Freemasons last week, made Jill very uncomfortable, and now she's uncomfortable again as we're talking about it again. <sighs> we made a comment last week about the Freemasons, and we said directly to them that there could be some, that we were predicting some problems with their system with regard to their goal, as we see it, of trying to get all the way through the afterlife straight back to the source energy. To have a true reunification of the consciousness that is currently activating their humanness along with the eternal consciousness that is their so-called higher self eternal self, soul self, so many terms for that, right? The immortal one. And one question um, that came up, and it, it's a very valid question, is, well, if the challenge, if the kind of problem with their system as the Freemasons is that they're, um, they're filling their, their human brain with a lot of um, lessons and training and sort of like speeches to recite in the afterlife to get them through all of the different corridors of deaths, as they could be called, then how how would that not work for them? But having the knowledge here in a group like this, how is it different? It's entirely different because of the vibration. The Freemasons energetically, as we view it, they view their afterlife experience as dependent on what their human brain knows or doesn't know. Okay, it is in a very mental oriented fashion. It does definitely have some spiritual components. But there's the sense of this is going to get tricky really fast. There's a component of if you don't know this, you won't get through the afterlife. The emphasis on a word knowing, knowing implying mental knowledge that you either have or don't have. 
And what we are offering, the way that we view it as differently, is what we're, <laughs> we're looking at the energetic vibration that you are holding as your human. Okay? There's a lot of... <sighs> Thank you. There's tremendous benefit, not just in the afterlife, but in your human experience by knowing about that bond that we talked about at the very beginning. And here, human language is, is uh, problematic because we just said the word knowing and you noticed it right there, didn't you? When your truth is that there is an unbreakable bond between your human experience and your immortal, eternal source energy connection, it changes you vibrationally. Let's say that one more time. It's very important. When you trust, when you invoke the unbreakable bond that you have as your human self, as your human consciousness to the source energy, it changes you vibrationally, energetically. It, it's a, sort of like a direct line of sight to the sun that doesn't have to do with human sight. It has to do with invisible sight. A sense of knowing that the, the sun, if the sun is a metaphor for the source creator, the all that is, and that you are in the direct line of, of vision of connection, of receiving and of sending to that source energy in an unbreakable way, no matter what is or isn't going on in your human experience, it changes you. There's nothing that needs to be there for your humanness, truly, other than the awareness, the trust. Again, we use the word invocation intentionally, because it respects the free will experience that all humans are having. And free will is a very misunderstood concept in the dark age that you're in, right? We're not treating you as a dark age participant because you didn't come here to participate in the dark age. That's why many of you get so frustrated, because you don't want it to be a dark age. Talk about a rebel, right? Yeah. Okay, you're like pirates of light, <laughs> but you're not stealing anything. You're, you're trying to give it back <laughs> to, to your reality. And it's beautiful. Okay. Okay, so let's talk more about that, that vibrational or energetic or structural change that, that that knowledge has. It can make you, I mean, the effects that that can have on you are, are unique for every individual. With some of you, we notice that as you sort of invoke your inherent connection to source energy, you become, a, you become more fearless, you become, you feel almost like bulletproof. Um, in many ways in your life, there's a sense of um, strength, bravery, courage that you may have that nothing in this reality can truly trip you up, or mess you up, even your own, even your own shadow self, even your own weaknesses, deficiencies, flaws, etc, that none of that is big enough to truly get in the way of the ex the eternal expression of light that you are that you're currently versioning in your human experience. Okay, some of you take that invocation as 
a sort of identity as an angelic presence in this reality. You further identify with a bringer of light in terms of trying to make the world a better place, trying to shine a little or a lot more of source energy love in this place. You take not necessarily as a burden or as a martyr, but as a pleasure and as pride, as a passion of being one of those people that really looks into the eyes of another person with the love of source that you are. Not because they deserve it. It doesn't matter. It's unconditional. Okay. Some of you get extremely creative <laughs> with, the, with the source energy connection that you feel you have. And all of these versions are exciting, and these are just a few of them that we're mentioning. We have talked about um, more of them in another series, and we may remember the name of it uh, before we end here. Which was it? It was a Pleiadian Council experience that we did in the summer of 2017. Anyway, we may think of the name. There's some of you may think of the name. Okay, so what you do with this invocation, with this remembering that you are eternally light, I mean, there's the free will. That's what we love about the individuality the fact that you are all one at the source energy, but in, in the human experience on Earth, you are all individual ones, and that's to be celebrated. And um, it's a wonderful thing. <sighs> yeah, We're asking Jill, like, okay, what do you really want to say? <laughs> what do you really want to say about this? And she's asking us that in return. Interesting, all the pauses today. We've been working with Jill over the weekend, and there's been a whole new vibrational range for her, and that, that is leading to some very unnatural pauses that we normally don't have. But uh, anyway, the, the words are not coming to her as easily, and it's kind of funny in a way. What do you want to do with this eternal light that you are? Knowing that you can't change your reality, knowing that you're not there to change your reality. It's a dark age, and it's going to remain a dark age for a long, long time. It takes a long time for these cycles to change. Are you, are you assisting in bringing about the Enlightenment age and kind of cranking that wheel of, of transitioning it from a dark age to a light age? Oh, yes, very much. Every single one of you is a part of that. The problem that we see is the expectation of what that means. There, there is a sort of dismay that, that Jill feels when she comes across fellow bringers of light, fellow rebels, conspirers of divinity in, in your dark age. Um, she gets dismayed when she hears someone with the notion that, that humanity is waking up, that, that it's happening. Um, that that happens within this generational uh, sequence on the planet right now, it, it doesn't work like that. And that's... Okay, this is big. And I don't have it yet. <laughs> Hang on. Okay. 
because I, I just I feel the edge of my consciousness. And I feel that we're about to kind of go beyond. I don't know how many of you saw the the um, anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Is there anything of all these examples? There's like a fence that we've been to before. And we're starting to kind of climb over that fence into another level of awareness about this notion of humanity waking up. And I don't know what's on the other side is Jill. So hang with me here. And I, I do apologize for the the awkward and slow pace of this. I'm, I'm not meaning it for it to be suspense, suspenseful or irritating, but it is to me as Jill. So then uh, that's funny. Okay, here we go. Sorry. I wanted to give you that behind the scenes that we're about to cover new territory. Oh, interesting. Okay. Oh my God, there it is. Okay. Oh shit. Okay. Now this totally makes sense. Okay. This is fun. Okay. So there was discussion, um, right around the 1999 Y2K crisis dilemma, when we were deciding whether the Enlightenment age would come about through a reboot, and a reboot is a reincarnation of the planetary consciousness, Gaia, right? She's in a multiple, she has multiple incarnations as well. So when a reboot happens, there is, I mean, there's multiple ways to do it, but it, it tends to happen with some sort of cosmic, like, um, uh, comet sort of disruption that, that shuts down all living, <laughs> all, all consciousness here. And all that life is basically, it dies, it, the consciousness needs to be removed. And then it has an option of being kind of placed back or not. By the way, we talked about some of that in the Outwitting with Tico Q&A this last weekend. But... Okay, so at those Galactic Council meetings where, yes, there are Galactic Council meetings, I know it sounds ridiculous, I know it sounds like a Star Trek episode, <laughs> but maybe they got it because it does happen that way. Wink, wink. Okay, so at these Galactic Council meetings, which many of us are a part of as our higher self or some version of ourselves as a guardian, spirit guardian, etc., we were deciding about how this Enlightenment age would come about and there was like a subcommittee that when it was just, it's like, okay, so if we decide that the humans that are there, the bringers of light that are there are going to help crank the wheel to turn back on the light within humanity, a true enlightenment experience for certain ones, based on their individual choice, their pre-wiring, etc. What if we inspired them a bit by giving them... By pitching to them through spiritual messengers that it would happen in their lifetime. Because in a dark age, it is very challenging to be a bringer of light. And it wasn't meant in a malicious way. It was meant in a very sort of let's let's help our team out <laughs> right let's let's tell them what's going to happen in their lifetime and then maybe they'll be you know more comfortable with it maybe they'll be more hopeful maybe they'll take themselves more seriously um maybe they'll be more committed to the pre-wiring that they are etc um <laughs> but the thing is that 
there's other committee members that were not on that subcommittee that don't like lies and don't like manipulation, especially when it is manipulating this team of the bringers of light. So, so bringers of light like this one, like Jill, she can smell a lie from a mile away especially when it comes to consciousness and things that she's extremely passionate and dedicated to. So when she first came sort of online in her activation experience of her soulfulness and her pre-wiring kicking into gear right around 2008-2009, she she kind of heard the rumblings of kind of how everyone else was talking about it and that oh this is an age of enlightenment and everybody you know will wake up any moment and and she was kind of like oh that's that's kind of a cool idea. She was getting some conflicting information from us as her team, but she was just kind of uh you know, intellectually curious in a way about about, you know, which which storyline, which timeline was actually going look like it was playing out. But then at some point, as she was really evaluating the kind of global pitch relative to what she was actually observing in the political environment, in her everyday experiences uh, with children, that oh god, that's right. Shit. That was the big one. Jill's kids were born in 2002 and 2005. And so when she had her activation around 2008, her youngest was about five or six years old, right? Or no, 2005, so about three or four years old. And as she was interacting with school children at her, at her daughter's schools, she remembered hearing from another spiritual messenger through a client that, well, so-and-so said that everybody born after 2000 is of this crystal ray or something, and, and they're all waking up fully conscious. And Joe was like, really? Like, is that what they said? And she's like, and she's comparing that to her actual experiences with kids that were born after 2000. And she was like, that's not true. Like, that's not true. <laughs> See, the lie detector, right? The lie detector test. And she was like, I mean, it sounds great on paper or in a message. What a, what a fabulous idea that everyone after 2000 is going to be, will be of a certain vibrational range that, well, that'll take care of everything really quick. You know, bring on the children. Every, everybody have babies, you know. Um, but there was a flaw in the story in that it, it couldn't be true because of what she was observing, Right. So she, she started to kind of sit back and go, okay, wait a minute, what is going on? Why are, why are there these false storylines? And why would they be telling things that are not true? And why are so many people believing this or wanting to believe this? So she just gets curious and she's quite the investigator in a lot of ways. So what we want to tell you today, and we hadn't told Jill this before, is that it was... It was a very benevolent intent to inspire the bringers of light here. And some are very, very much still under that impression that most actually in the enlightenment and community, uh, enlightenment community, consciousness communities, even personal development and self-help communities, there's, there's very much this extremely popular um, standard notion that 
within your lifetime, human, humans will wake up and that um, beings born after a certain age or your grandchildren or your children or whatever, nieces and nephews, that they're all waking up more conscious than when you were born. That's not true. So for those of you that it's been kind of like, wait a minute, this doesn't add up. We, yeah, we're not trying to burst any bubbles. We're trying to be clear with you for those that don't like to be lied to, because Jill's nose is all itchy. Ugh, okay. Um, for those that, <laughs> that want the truth, and know that you can handle the truth, and that want the bigger picture, and feel like you need and deserve the bigger picture in order to be the bringer of light that you are, we want to be honest with you, okay? We want to prepare you that there are very few teachers and few messengers that will bring you this version of the story. We're not mad at that subcommittee. We, I mean, we have to prove the, the possibility. We didn't say, yes, we like it, but we're like, yeah, it kind of makes sense. Um, we get why it's there. And we also get that for another another flavor of the bringer of light kind of tribe or community or wave that some of you hate to be lied to <laughs> and you want things to make sense. So there's a part of you at another level of, of no, wait a minute. I like just, you know, just the facts, ma'am, <laughs> you know, um, we respect you so much and we honor your um, ability to make sense of things, to think for yourself, to engage your intellectual abilities along with your soulful abilities that you have in your reality as literally an inspirer of light or a conspirer of light that you are. Okay, so <laughs> let's just set Jill at your notes. It's going to be really attractive on video. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that's what happens when we get beyond a fence line, guys. My face for Jill. I, hang on, just let me blow my nose a second. All right. Okay. Okay, just let me, just let us all just feel that for a minute. Oh my God, what did we just do here, right? Okay. Just thinking through all that and the sort of, like what this means. I just want to first say thank you to our teams. And I'm going to, I'm going to go back into that state of consciousness to hear more, but I first want to say thank you. <laughs> Samson, he's sleeping next to me and he was just like, hi mm. Sammy, good boy. Okay. All right. Let me go back in here. <laughs> so Jill just, as she got back in, back in here, she's like, is there more? Is there more to add to this? Like what now? Um, it's working. Overall, it is working. Um, not that there's just two groups, but both groups. I mean, we see your light, we see your light quotient actually getting stronger right now as the result of being treated as the master that you are. Um, we also see the light quotient, if you will, of those that are under this mythos or mythos of the, you know, everybody's about to awaken, we see that that's working for them. So in, 
but they are being lied to. And that is the part that, that Jill can't let go, right? Um, but to some, if they're if the if the part about being lied to doesn't bother them because the reason is so good and maybe a part of them acknowledges that if they knew the truth they would be disillusioned they wouldn't be further enlightened by it they would just be like well crap i liked the idea that all children born after 2000 were of a certain vibrational ray and that that just by these humans coming online that things were going to get better just by them being here the idea that there's still little brats, you know, in, in the populations of, of public and private schools and homeschools and non-schools, that just bums me out, right? There are those people, and they probably won't listen to a message like this. Or if they do, they probably have already turned us off by now. Um, we're okay with that, that there's... It's good that for this timeline, for this very savvy group, very widely varied group of ones of bringers of light that there's a whole plethora of ways that you can feel the connection to that that inner sun if you will that you have access to it's it's a it's a great system in a lot of ways and some even at the afterlife they may not bother being lied to and see this is connection this is the connection to the afterlife part is Okay, hang on, we're at another fence here. I don't like fences. <laughs> do you? <laughs> I mean, I, I like it in some ways because I, I, as Jill, I do value private property rights. Um, but I don't like it. Yeah, anyway, that's okay. Okay, here we go. Those that have been living their light and tuned to their light under the mythos that everybody's awakening, their energy field within their humanness has some compromises to it. There's, a, there's some fragments in there because of the fact that they're dependent, in some ways they're, they're basing their success as a bringer of light on how many wake up. So they are more likely to fall into the recycled sort of reincarnation bin in the afterlife, and that's the bigger part that bothers Joe. And us. And possibly you. So what happens with that? Well, there is free will. We're not limiting this information. This is a, a, a gifted call. It will be available on multiple platforms that anyone has access to. The biggest challenge that many face is their devotion to certain teachings and certain teachers and certain channelers. 
that would in any way prevent them or feel like it's preventing them from exploring other ideas. Those individuals are, are more likely to um, not stumble across this information or to immediately dismiss it because it's not a, it's not a messenger that they, that they have sort of sanctioned as, as in their camp or whatever. For any of you that offer a spiritual service, a informative service, anything that's meant to uplift and inform and upgrade humanity, would you ever ask your client, your listener, your audience to not listen to anyone else but you? Would you do that? I doubt it. I felt most of you say no. <laughs> like, why would I? Why would I treat my my client or my listener or the audience or whomever um, experiences? If for those of you that are sort of in an, in a, you've created an official capacity, a public capacity where you share. Most of those of you that would listen to something like this or watch something like this, you're not of the variety that wants to put up fences around your tribe to limit their exposure to other people, um, other people's teachings, opposing views, etc. But there are teachers with really, really big, big numbers that that definitely do that. There's a sense of tribalism. And there can be a sense of protective um, energy of the the devoted ones, the followers, etc, sort of wanting to protect their leader from uh, ridicule from criticism, from anything that feels like um, an opponent or a foe to what they're doing. Um, those are the makings of a cult, by the way. And cults, the reason that we don't like them is that they limit um, by energetic structure and pressure and um, a structure of uh, limiting the free will and the, the intellectual curiosity of its members um, that we just don't like suppression of, of that type. We don't like suppression of any type. Um, and the, the idea of uh, condescension of somebody in the in the tribe being higher than the others and closer to God than the others and um, or even in a channeled message where the the channeled entity has a sense of um, sort of a condescending patting you on the head oh you silly human let me tell you how it really is as if you can't figure things out for yourself uh, discouraging you from thinking for yourself um, that yeah <laughs> This is why we partner well with Jill, because <laughs> we're aligned in so many ways in the all that is, and that's why that's why we're a good team. Um, and her situation allows her to care less about popularity and numbers and care very much about quality. And are we supporting, not only supporting the free will, are we encouraging the free will? Um, within this reality and the personal sovereignty of every one's one, 
because that's energetically what will get you through the afterlife, right? Because whenever somebody is looking to another another being, another human or non-human as a, as a higher authority than them, without thinking from themselves, without um, doing some critical thinking of, does that make sense? Does this make sense? If that's true, then let's kind of play that out um, logically. And does it make sense when you, when you get to various stages of the extension? Some have, you know, stronger abilities in that than others, or stronger desires to do that than others. But this notion that whenever you're handing your authority or your sovereignty away in your human life, you are, you are more likely to do so in the afterlife extension as well. So it, this, is, this is a good, uh, there's no time like the present to decide that there's nothing and no one between you and source energy. There, there may be beings in this reality that assist you in feeling that connection between you and source energy, right? If they're putting themselves between you and source energy, that they're closer to God than you are, then we're encouraging you to question that system and that relationship and possibly reevaluate it. It doesn't have to be that way. Okay. Okay. Some of you are naturals at questioning, not literally everything, but, but you're natural questioners. It's like, is that true? Do I believe that? Does that make sense to me? And some of you are, it's, um, we don't mean to be disparaging here, but extremely gullible. And it can take just the, the slightest person to demonstrate any level of spiritual ability or giftedness. And it's like, you just want to, you know, like, you know, like, here's my money, tell me more, like, teach me, you know, be my be, I'll be your mentor, please, would you please teach me everything, you know, teach me to be like you, right? Um, that's, that's problematic. In many ways. And yet there are instances when it does literally upgrade the consciousness and add to your light quotient, etc. But where does it stop? At what point do you feel in that sort of that sort of pattern? At what point do you feel done? At what point do you feel sovereign? At what point do you feel like you're you're not needing a mentor anymore? Like like you're sort of on your own in your one, as the eternally enlightened higher self that you are, that's happened to be having a human experience in a dark age, and that anything you don't know or haven't figured out here isn't a problem for your higher self. It's not a sign of any lack of evolution or lack of uh, mastery on your higher self level. It's it's only a sign that you're on Earth in a dark age. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Hmm. All right. Okay. All right. That feels complete. <laughs> Still, is it is it just me or did that feel quite coded? <laughs> I mean, some of it felt very clear, but there was a lot of it. I'm gonna I'm gonna listen again. I don't know about you guys. How are you guys doing in the chat room? Okay, let's see. Hi, Carolina. She's saying, um, 
Okay, I've often felt like we were being put carrots in front of us to keep going, but that those carrots were not true. It's not easy to hear this confirmation, but there's relief and truth. Hope for our human journey ahead is highly appreciated. Yeah, amen. Yeah, good job. Uh, Claire is saying, well put. Thank you. Okay, Sue is saying, can you help with the intense anxiety I have been feeling? I do not understand the cause, nor what to do to calm. Yeah. Okay, Sue. Sue, I would repeat the um, the sort of connection exercise. I, I hesitate to call it a meditation, but the connection exercise that we did at the beginning. Um, doing something like that, or even if you have some sort of a, a mini quick meditation experience that you do on a regular basis, something like that feels good. Also, be um, very thoughtful about what sort of information you're taking in. Um, there are some versions of, of so-called news and information that heighten anxiety. And sometimes you may want sort of like a, um, a, a break from that sort of infusion. Okay. All right. Uh, Michelle is saying doing well. Yes, I will also listen again. Yeah, me too. Me too. Okay. Um, let me know if there's any follow up questions. It's easier. And I, I know it's kind of not fair because some of you are listening in archive and you have great questions related to this. Um, do put them in whether you, if you're watching on YouTube, please put the questions in the, the comment section there. Or if you're uh, experiencing it on my website, you can put it there. If you're experiencing it on iTunes or any of the other sort of uh, podcast player apps, because I, I don't even know all the places this goes to. Um, I think the best place to put the question would probably be in an email to me. Uh, to admin, A-D-M-I-N, at jillrenefeeler.com. Um, I'm, I'm not promising I'll answer it all. I do have a, a really nice balance in my life between the human things I do as Jill and the ways that I do my work. And I, I, I decided a long time ago that just because somebody asks a question doesn't mean I'm compelled to answer it. I know that sounds selfish, but I don't, I don't know. That's my decision about how to, uh, how to do me. So... Um, Diana saying, if you could suggest one point to focus our eyes upon through all of this, what would it be, Jill? Your own light, really. <sighs> yes, your own light. Jean, yes, Yeshua just said yes, your own light. Uh, think of it literally, Diane, as if there's a sun that's within you. And that sun, yeah, we could do it right here. Okay, so let's imagine that there is... Um, how do we want to do this? Okay, there's so many different ways. Okay, so let's, um, let's, uh, you may want to close your eyes, you don't have to. You may want to imagine that there is a sun as amazing and life giving and um, powerful. Um, but it can't burn you. <laughs> if you get too close to it, a version of the sun that's inside your energy field. Okay, so imagine that you're a ball of energy. And in the center, literally in the center is a sun, a central sun to you that is streaming from the inside out. Now, notice that all of the five human senses point outwards. That's, that's natural, right? That's, a, that was a decision of the, the human creation team that our five human senses point out. But in the dark age, there's an overemphasis on those five human senses as if there are no other senses. 
Now, one kind of baby step upgrade is this idea of the Claire's clairaudience, clairsentience, clairvoyance, etc. But if you really look at it, how many clairs are there? There's only like five or six. That's still not enough. And they tend to all relate to, um, or most of them relate to still, they're based on the five human senses. So um, this is one of the reasons why I, uh, in my work with my team, my work, I want to say as my team, I focus so much on the idea that you're a sphere of energy with the light on the inside because the five human senses are like one little, little, tiny, teeny, tiny little portion of the sort of radar pointing out, but all the other sensory awareness systems are actually pointed in. And in the dark age, those are naturally sort of ignored. Uh, they feel inaccessible to many people. I, I do believe no matter what we do, they are just inaccessible. And we knew that when we incarnated. So your mind doesn't have to dis- your mind you don't have to conclude that that's a problem you can actually just sort of like i knew that so it must be okay and and it is okay you are more than okay your eternal light that sun within you is shining no matter what you know or don't know no matter where your sensory awareness systems are activated or not activated okay i do believe that 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 innate wisdom like this, like we've shared in this message, helps us naturally sort of spin in our in our own field of energy around our central sun, our central sun meeting, our one connection, our soul connection, our connection to eternal source energy. The more that we, and I'm going to get to something really important in a minute, so don't go anywhere, please. Um, and I love it that they let me share it. Thanks, team. Um, this this truth that this the light is already within you, regardless of what your human life looks like or doesn't look like, right? It, in a dark age, oftentimes your outer experience looks <laughs> looks nothing like the eternal light that you are, or the bringer of light. You know, truth of of your your nature, your true nature in this reality. It, it just doesn't. So so it doesn't have to. Okay even though we may want it to, who, who wouldn't, right? Okay, so here's the important thing is that when, when you trust, when you know, when you invoke that I am the light of source creator God, it may not always look like it in this reality. Not everyone may see me that way in this reality. I may not even see myself that way in this reality all the time. But none of that needs to deny the fact that I am an eternal connection of source energy. no matter what is going on in this world, it changes you vibrationally. And there was a really cool experience I had in a um, altered state, meditative state, whatever you want to call it. I don't, I don't use drugs for that. I don't use plant medicine for any of that. And I, I don't, uh, I don't have a problem if somebody else does, if, if it works for them. I'm not, I'm not saying go do it, but, but I get it that some people have very powerful experiences using psychedelics or something like that. So, yeah, Michelle just said, I am the light of source creator God, indeed. So what happened for me in a meditative experience is that I was in an, in a, a, another reality, you could say, it was kind of like I was inside, what do they call that, like a planetarium, where the, the, it's, a, it's a fake version of the, of the heavens, of the, of the cosmos, right, of the stars. 
and you're inside a building, it's dark, but in my in my version, I was I was like under it felt like being underwater. Um, but not. And I was kind of going through like wormholes or tunnels or portals or something. And then I ended up in a line of people. I was me as Jill. And the people ahead of me, I noticed that there was sort of like a gatekeeper, there was some person um, at a gate, it was kind of like a gate or a turnstile, and they had like a clipboard. And um, as the people in front of me would get up to them, they would kind of be like, okay, let me, what's your name? Let me see if you're on the list. And then they would, you know, let them through or not let everyone ahead of me got through. There was only a few people. And then when it came to me, he was, or it was about to look at its list. And, and it kind of glanced at me and it went, oh, oh. And it put down the clipboard and it, he just kind of stood aside and waved me through. I, my name, I don't think was on that list. But vibrationally, he knew I had access. Vibrationally, I, I had some sort of markings or maybe lack of markings, I don't know. But I was clear. And he knew I was clear. And he didn't need he, my his clipboard did not apply to me. And that to me, could be the ideal circumstance in the afterlife. And we talked a little bit about that in podcast number 191. This sort of I was sort of musing about the idea that possibly for somebody like us, the, the afterlife kind of drones or whatever, they don't even get up. They're just like, oh, we're like, there's the door. Have fun. <laughs> See you again next time. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you guys ever come back, right? Um, they don't even try to hold us up um, because they know vibrationally that we're beyond their attempts and their manipulation, etc. So there's something important that was shown to me in that meditation experience about how this works, because there are gatekeepers. Okay. All right. I think that's it. <laughs> I think that's it. Okay. So I'm gonna call it a wrap for today. Thanks so much, you guys. Um, if you want to know more, there's obviously a whole bunch of other messages that you may like. If for those of you that are new, I suggest you go work, work from the most recent backward, or just randomly pick one that you think you like. Okay. And I think that's it. Okay, I love you guys so much. I am a champion for sovereignty on earth of all of our ones. I love liberation. I love free will. I love thinking for ourselves and critical thinking and discernment. Um, there's a lot that I feel is available to humanity right now. And I celebrate that and I uh, deeply appreciate and have a lot of compassion for how confusing it is here and all the obstacles that seem to get in our way. So this felt like a really important message. So anyway, I hope you liked it too. Um, if you want to help me out, thank you for subscribing. Thank you for liking. Thank you for commenting. Uh, thank you for sharing if you feel that too, if you like this. Um, and there we go. I appreciate you very much. Okay, thank you. Oh, for those, for those that have bought the book Being Your Light, if you haven't done an Amazon review, would you please do so? Um, I really appreciate it. There are some reviews coming in. But given how many people I've heard from that they love the book, relative to how few <laughs> reviews are on Amazon, um, I don't like to chase reviews. I'm not trying to chase them here. But it's just a, a, a gentle request right there if you feel led to provide a review on anything, even my Facebook page or something. Um, I appreciate it. I really do. Okay. I love you guys. Bye-bye.